0: From KLCC Studios, this is Oregon on the Record. I'm Michael Dunn. Guidance counselors are kind of the generalists in education. They need to be able to offer a wide range of information and assistance to kids in multiple grades and at multiple levels of development. And the job has changed so much in the past few decades. The bulk of the job years ago was helping kids determine their immediate future, be it college or entering the workforce. Now, so much of the job is helping kids navigate an ever more complex world and also effectively navigating their own mental health challenges. Today on Oregon on the Record, we're continuing our special four-part series on education by focusing on the role of counselor. In many ways, these professionals are both an invaluable resource to kids trying to determine their future, and also a true confidant that can help them overcome the serious hurdles of depression, anxiety, and other issues. Today on Oregon the Record, you're going to hear from a counselor and leader of the special programs for Springfield Public Schools. He thinks the job of counselor has never been more difficult, yet the role is critical to help set up our kids for success. Dr. Brian Meggart, the Director of Special Programs at Springfield Public Schools. Thanks so much for coming on and talking with us. You bet. Happy to be here. Yeah. Boy, well, let's start with this. You know, how has the role of counselor changed, you know, over the decades to meet the needs of today's students? How has it changed and, and how has it needed to change to kind of address the challenges that kids face today?
1: Well, I think we do have a volume and intensity issue in our schools. You know, we have we have more students um, who have more complex needs, and I think that's that's why we've tried to focus over the years more on um, building a strong and formal partnership with our community partners, hmm. specifically in the areas of mental health, because um, you know I think we really need to focus on. A team of people supporting our students so that would include the school counseling but also obviously caregivers at home and then mental health providers in the community so that there's really a, a team of a of a counselor approach rather than just an individual in our schools okay i would imagine
0: that that some of the you know the the, the both the volume but also the unique pressures on kids today might boil down to things that maybe people our age, you know, didn't have to deal with. I'm thinking about some of the technology issues, social media issues. Maybe talk a little bit about the challenges that, you know, uh, uh, parents didn't have to deal with when they were in high school or, or, or younger, that, that kids have to deal with now and how that kind of, as you talked about, you know, that, that, that team approach Uh, is is sort of that scaffolding of a team approach is built to be able to help the kids deal with such things as cyber bullying and other, other, you know, challenges.
1: Yeah. And I think it really is our responsibility in, in schools to explicitly and specifically teach the skills and consequences of engaging in, in this media heavy, social media heavy world. And, um, we do. We we have teachers who teach these skills, um, and you know we have kind of these off and away type of rules where phones are off and away. But also mm-hmm. there are portions of the day where students do have their phones and um, and have access to you know devices, and teachers take on that responsibility. They take it seriously and and teach those skills. But also we we have curriculum specifically directed at um uh teaching social emotional wellness hmm. and and in that curriculum there are lessons that are specifically directed toward social media and um how to work through through those situations
0: yeah and, and i'm not going to ask you to sort of delve heavily into that curriculum but are there some general you know kind of tips about that in that curriculum that 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 you know maybe maybe parents don't necessarily listening right now maybe don't don't know some of those you know very very broad general tips that that might be a part of that curriculum that help kids navigate the challenge of of social media
1: well i think the big part that we would focus on is making sure that if students are encountering bullying or even just unproductive conversations in social media is to reach out to an adult, mm-hmm. um, either at home or in our schools. And, and then we do have staff who are, who are trained to support students when those, you know, more difficult situations arise, but really focusing on reaching out to adults when, when these situations, um, get to a point where they the student is not really feeling like they can handle it anymore.
0: Okay. I imagine, as a counselor, uh, and I'd love to get your input on this. You know, is there is there a way to kind of break into categories? You know, the the, the issues that can that 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 students come to you. Is it heavily skewed towards? you know, kind of coping with, with mental health issues? Is it, is, it, is it around, you know, just the challenges of, of, of difficult tests and, and struggling in a particular subject? I, I guess I just kind of want to get a breakdown as to how much of your time or the people that as part of your team are dealing with, um, you know, those incredibly challenging aspects of student life.
1: You know, I think it really covers... Um, The whole range. And I think that's one of the difficulties for our entire system and our counselors and behavioral support type of staff is that it's everything from, uh, you know, helping students just on that academic achievement route. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, as serious as, um, you know, suicide ideation and um, and and considering these, uh, you know, drastic situations Mm -hmm. and everything in between. And again, it goes back to um, really trying to put systems in place and having teams of people supporting students, because it can be everything in between. And each individual person doesn't have the skills to support students with such complex needs. And so it has to be a team and there have to be systems in place so that we can efficiently bring teams together together make sure that they can process through information and data and um, individual student supports, and then people can take actions quickly. And that's why we do have curriculum. That's why we, for example, um, support our staff with uh, strategies. One of them in particular is called QPR, question, persuade, refer, and that's a a strategy to, to support students when they are considering suicide um, and then a team of people are available to to help students. Um, but it really is the full range and it comes down to teams of peoples and people in our schools supporting kids.
0: Got it. Got it going to reintroduce you. Uh, we're talking to Dr. Brian Meggart. He is the Director of Special Programs at Springfield Public Schools. Um, obviously, a key member of, of any team when you're talking about uh, kids is, of course, parents or guardians. And I wanted to talk to you about sort of how, how you and your team, you know, coordinate with parents and teachers and counselors, again, that idea of of bringing all the the stakeholders together to to work to help you know find that 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 ideal solution for a kid who who is going through some struggles.
1: Yeah, and this has obviously been a challenge. And um, COVID is a distant memory, but unfortunately, we're still you know feeling the the impacts of that and trying to get. Um, back into a a strong relationship with our parents and families. And um, really the, the mantra that we're trying to embrace is this idea of going from, you know, kind of family events and um, inviting families into our schools to truly having partnership with our, with our families. Hmm. And that means that we have to create events where they feel good and comfortable coming into our schools, interacting with with staff and and students in the school setting. Um, So we have some work to do to make sure that we have a welcoming environment and a reason for parents and families to have deeper, further engagement. And um, there are are a lot of examples of um, just having these periodic events and then making them more robust and bringing in other community organizations. Of course, making sure that we have food there because that's what draws us together and <laughs> makes us feel more like a family. Sure. And so that is that's something that we're really working on to make sure that we have family partnerships.
0: Yeah. Well, you brought up uh, COVID. And I, I did want to check in with that because obviously, you know, talk about something. So su- such a historic challenge for 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 the education environment that we're still dealing with. And I guess my question to you is sort of, you know, how much of that still lingers in terms of the work you do with students and and overcoming challenges? You know, if they're in high school now, they were in, you know, junior high school or grade school, perhaps, you know, kind of what is sort of the lasting challenge of COVID and, 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 and perhaps, you know, on the bright side, you know, ways in which you've seen, you know, both, your team, as well as students, you know, overcome that historic challenge.
1: Yeah, I think we we do have some some lingering academic uh, challenges, and they're, you know, we have structures in place, and and we've spent a lot of time in our offering educational opportunities in our summers, the last couple of summers, to make sure that students can, um, you know. Gain those skills that they might have lost when when there was not quite as much of instruction. And I think that's coming along. Um, Also, I will just note that in general, our our students, our children are so resilient and they work through those those issues. Um, And but I I think on that positive side, what you were getting at is that I think we have learned a lot Mm -hmm. about this. I think we have um, we have you know, changes in our, in our curriculum, you know, it's not just a um, paper pencil, what's sitting in front of you. And I think we have um, a lot more skills when it comes to, to multimedia approach to providing instruction and, and much more in-depth instruction, especially in the content areas. Um, But I think that's also a a burgeoning place where, where we can continue can continue to learn a lot about how we deliver instruction to our students that it's, that it's more well-received to this, you know, kind of social media heavy generation that we have. So I think there's kind of that dynamic of students are ready to learn. They're ready to be in school and teachers continue to learn those skills of, of how to best deliver information and skills to our students and, the way that they receive information and they're the way that they're attuned to, to accept that in, um, information and instruction.
0: Got it. Got it. You know, Brian, I, it was I, I had a chance to talk to some stu- students um, earlier this week and and one of the things they to a person talked about is how important it was, whether it was a club or the band or some sporting uh, 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 team, you know, that idea of finding a sense finding a community within school within the you know the curriculum the 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 classes that you go to something else that 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 really seemed to be important to sort of again have that group to belong to talk a little bit about that for, as a from a counselor's perspective of how important you know kids finding that that special group that they uh, that they they feel a sense of belonging towards
1: yeah I think that's a big part of our responsibility is to make a welcoming school environment. And I think it includes all of that, Um, that belonging, um, welcoming to every student, um, regardless of what, you know, category the student or others might think that that student fits into. And, you know, we, we try to set up systems generally use utilizing the concepts of positive behavioral interventions and supports PBIS. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of, um, misunderstanding I think about what PBIS is and supposed to be, but the the core tenant of it is that we need to set up a welcoming environment so that all students are not just, um, okay with being in this, in the school, but, really happy to be there because they have these connections like you talked about. And so one of the things that we are really focused on at the middle and high school in particular when we're talking about building a school culture mm-hmm. is having a representative group of students providing um, valuable input to the adults in the system about how it should be set up. And I think that's sometimes what we forget as adults is that we have to make sure That we have a formal place a formal forum where students can provide that input and that input is valued and actually utilized when setting up systems because kids you know sometimes don't articulate it as well as um adults want them to but when you listen to the message they have they have great input and when we use their input we have better systems in place and more welcoming schools it's interesting you know a lot of times when i'm talking
0: to you know business people or nonprofit leaders or even governmental leaders elected officials that concept of culture is so important creating the right culture at a, at a business or in, in a governmental structure i'm want to I want you to maybe expand upon what you talked about, that idea of of developing a particular culture at a school and and the role that the kids have and how important that is uh,
1: towards their own success. you know, I, I think when when adults embrace the idea of treating our students as as a true voice and treating them as, um, as mature individuals and giving them that, like I said, kind of a formal structure and forum where they can express this on a regular basis, um, the students appreciate it and they rise to the occasion. Um, I've seen it countless times where, you know, you might have students who fit a profile that um, would traditionally be excluded from from a group like that, where traditionally you would take, say, student leadership. And that's a particular demographic, excuse me, demographic of student. But what we really want to do is expand that voice and make sure that every group is represented. And, uh, you know, a lot of times the groups where they often feel marginalized and then you give them this formal voice in this formal setting with other adults where their input is documented and valued and then becomes part of the system. They love that. Yeah. and it's it adds value and and it really does improve the the overall culture of the school
0: yeah yeah let me reintroduce you I'm talking to dr. Brian Meggert, he's the director of special programs at Springfield Public Schools It's interesting as I'm hearing you talk I'm thinking a lot of very forward uh, thinking companies talk about creating culture that's not like a, a, a top-down meaning that it's a it's a, it, it's a directive from the CEO this is how the culture is going to be. It sounds like you know what you're recommending is kind of a good blend of you know yes, of course, the adults have to dictate certain things, but this idea of kind of
1: bottom-up culture building at school is important. Did I did I get that right? I think you're spot on, and um, again, I just can't emphasize enough that um, the more that student voice is valued, um, the the better chance that we have of of creating. An environment where all students feel welcome, because when you have those diverse voices all sitting in the room together, Mm -hmm. there's just that, um, you know, perspective taking and then, um, you know, from kid to adult, but then also across those um, student groups that might not, um, you know, might not interact unless they're brought together in this other forum and i think you're right it is it, it obviously we have rules that have to be in place we have to um make sure that the the core tenets of a school are still in place but mm-hmm. um students are interested in that too they they want structure and um and i think you know the more that the adults and students work together in a real genuine way you're right the um the better culture we will have
0: you know? yeah yeah you know, uh, doctor, my last question for you is really this, just kind of, you know, what um, what are things that you feel very positive about in terms of counseling, but also just sort of the way in which, you know, education is going and the way in which our, our kids are, you know, overcoming challenges and still, you know, not not just making it through, but thriving.
1: We have a lot of things that we have to figure out, but... I just I I always go back to how resilient children are. and um, you know, and also we have we have students who have access to more information and knowledge than ever before. And I think that, you know, focusing on this resiliency is important. but also, um, I think we're just destined for excellence because this generation of of student, like I said, has so much access to information in real time. And and I think they're going to teach us a lot over the next few years about how to um, access that information and then how to to, um, display their knowledge and skills that they've gained over time. So I'm I'm very optimistic about the future. Um, There are all kinds of barriers and issues in the education system that we continue to try to overcome, but I'm really optimistic about this generation.
0: Great, great. Well, Dr. Brian Meggert, the Director of Special Programs at Springfield Public Schools, really appreciate you coming on and talking with us. Thank you very much. That's our show for today and part three of our series on the challenges of school that we're airing this week. According to Education Week magazine, the mental health and well-being of children and teenagers has been driven to a breaking point nationwide by the pandemic and the isolation, disruption, fear, and grief that it brought with it. At the same time, many K-12 schools across the country lack enough school psychologists and counselors to respond to this mounting mental health challenge. Hopefully, this trend will reverse and we'll be able to get more of these critical counselors into our schools and for our kids. I want to thank Director of Special Programs at Springfield Public Schools, Dr. Brian Megert, for coming on the show and talking to us. Tomorrow, you'll hear from a psychologist and a school resource officer to address the issues of fear of violence and actual violence itself and its impact on our kids. This show, along with all episodes of Oregon on the Record, is available at klcc.org. I'm Michael Dunn, and this has been Oregon on the Record on KLCC. Thanks so much for listening.